Hello and welcome to another episode of the NK Active podcast. We are joined today by Dr. Ivan Bristow, who is a podiatrist with an interest in a dermatology. So, Ivan, firstly, thank you for coming on and having a chat about dermatology. And we will speak in particular about verrucas because I know that's a particular interest of yours and a particular treatment method that we've just got in in clinic but just sort of just give us a bit of a brief background journey about your your journey in in podiatry so far okay i've been a podiatrist for 30 it's about 33 years um but most of that time i've worked in dermatology i would say which is an unusual route in podiatry um because within two years of qualifying i was working a considerable amount of time initially in diabetes, but in rheumatology, but gradually dermatology took over, uh, working at the University of Oxford Department of Dermatology. That's where I spent 11 years, learnt a lot about dermatology, learnt a lot about podiatry, <laughs> and learnt a lot about putting the two together because it really didn't exist. No, it, it, it doesn't. And, and there aren't, it, yeah, I would say there are not many podiatrists in my opinion who have devoted as much time in developing that interest in dermatology if if you're a podiatrist listening and it's sort of most people especially in the UK you, you say the word dermatology and most people have heard of the word Ivan Bristow around around things so obviously we do get a lot of non-podiatrists listening as well to this podcast so before we go in chatting about Verrucas I think it'll be a nice brief overview just to give a if anyone sort of sees any sort of lesions or something on their skin they're unhappy about, what are some telltale signs whether they should go get that checked out or not? Um, I think, you know, any change that's concerning someone is worth getting a second opinion. Yeah. Um, and particularly as we get older, because if you're looking for the, the more sinister things, of course, the, the risk of that increases much more as we get sort of 40, 50, 60 plus. So particularly in the older age groups, you've got to be a bit more vigilant for looking for changes in the skin if we're thinking about things like uh, melanoma yep. and other types of malignancies. Um, but in most cases, the issue is that not many people know a lot about dermatology. And I certainly found that in podiatry, which is why I set out to learn more about dermatology. But it's also that in the GP world that many GPs, not all, but many GPs are not particularly comfortable with dermatology because they don't have a lot in the curriculum. So patients who have skin problems um, often find it difficult to get the right advice or get access to the right people. And, and that is the problem. Um, so if you are concerned, obviously your first stop, if it's on the foot or leg, if you have a podiatrist that has an interest, that's good. Um, but as always, if you're concerned about something and it is changing, it is deteriorating, then seek medical advice from the GP and go from there. And I know that some GP practices are changing it. Some have got some dermatoscopes, they've been given some training, and then they've also then got links where they can take photos and then send that straight to the dermatology department to get advice on whether it needs an inward referral or what it is to try and, I think, try and A, manage things better, but B, also cut down the amount of referrals to try and reduce the wait time 
to dermatology because especially in the south coast it is trying to get nhs dermatology can take can take a bit of a while can't it to get an appointment sorted yeah and also changes in the nhs contract with gps means that you have gps with extended roles which are called jippers or jippers it doesn't quite work the acronym but jippers and there are gps who have an extended role in dermatology so what that means in your surgery there may be a gp with a special interest in dermatology so they will have more training they may be able to undertake minor surgery so that facility will be available to you if there's one in your practice and there's probably about uh, a few thousand across the uk but it's of not often obvious where they are and who they are no exactly because there's no way of telling whether you, your gp has a special interest in a particular or done extra training in that area because you just can't you as a as a layperson, you can't check, can you? You can look on the website where it says about us under the GP. Sometimes it does list their interests, but you're right. It can take a long time just reading through them all to see who's interested in what. So with regards to that, is that if something's changing or you've got a concern, it's always just seek advice sooner rather than, than later. Yeah. And, you know, the main thing is most of these things are treatable and curable if they're caught early. Um, but the big problem, particularly... More so with feet and legs, actually, is people just leave them um, and they can leave them for months, even years, by which time things have got a lot more complicated and often makes it much more difficult to treat. Well, I think it's a general rule in, in medicine in general, isn't the sooner you can get on top of it and treat something, the better chance you are getting a more successful outcome, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So, Verrucas. Mm-hmm. What is a Verruca? What is a Verruca? A uh, Verruca is a virus. Um... A Verruca is a virus infection um, that affects the skin and the mucous membranes. Um, most of us, we think of them uh, as warts, which is basically what they are. They just use a special word to confuse people for Verruca if it's on the sole of the foot, but to all intents and purposes, they are warts. Um, and they affect most of us. I think most of us in our lifetime will have them. Many of us don't realize we've ever had them, but like most things, a bit like chickenpox with another type of virus that most of us will have it in our lifetime. And... Um, then hopefully you get it once and that'll be it. But there are people who tend to hang on to them a bit longer than they should, perhaps. And I think that's when we then come involved to try and help, which we say, give the body a bit of a kickstart to try and get rid of rugas. Because it is. what's the treatment methodology? What's the aim of how, how do we get rid of a ruka? Well, if you go back in history, um, most of the treatments that we had and some of them we still have are purely what we call destructive. So the idea is if you have a wart to destroy it. Yeah. So it may be with acid. Years ago, they would have even used radiation, gunpowder, nitric acid, all sorts of noxious and probably illegal chemicals these days. Um, But to destroy the wart to essentially remove it from the skin. But of course, it's an infection. So to get rid of any infection, you know, like a common cold, you need immunity. And often many of these treatments, although they may get rid of the wart, they don't give you any immunity. So when you're re-exposed to the infection, it just comes back. Yeah. So where the, the thinking has moved gradually in development with the new treatments has been about using the body's own immune system to target the uh, infection, which is the most effective way of eradicating the whole, um, the whole wart. And if you use your immune system, it's the easiest way. And also means you get immune memory. What does that mean? It means next time you come across the infection, you don't get it again. So you've got lifelong immunity. It's not, you know, 100%. There are people who get warts more than once in their lifetime and people hold them for a long time. But 
um, if you've got that immune memory, it means generally they don't come back. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And does that mean that if they do get it come back, it may be just a different strain that they haven't got quite as much immunity against? Um, we don't know. Okay. Um, when it comes to warts on the hands and feet, uh, there are about six or seven known, if you like, subtypes. Yep. What we really don't know, because nobody's ever studied, to be honest, is if you pick up a different one or the same one, chances are they're going to be similar. It's just your immune system has forgotten how to handle it because as we forget, as we get older, our immune system sometimes forgets as uh, it gets older and so re reinfection occurs. So if we say the aim of treatment is to try and promote or induce a immune response, mm. as it were, what sort of methods can we start using to try and invoke that process? Um, well, the American model has very much been along the line of uh, antiviral drugs, topical antiviral drugs, and uh, these have shown some worth, um, and they've been fairly effective, but they're not the universal answer. The results have not been outstanding. So they, they haven't really caught on much in Europe and the United Kingdom. Um, other ways of stimulating immune system, of course, the, the virus that causes common warts is called the HPV virus. Now, the HPV virus is also responsible for causing cervical cancers. Yep. Um, and as we know, there are vaccines available which are highly successful that are given to um, teenagers that, given at that age, will cover them and give them immunity to... Uh, given the immunity about 95% to okay. future development. So vaccination is one route. Of course, the problem is with vaccinating for warts is the it doesn't cover that particular strain. It only covers the strains that cause cervical cancer. But no company is wanting to invest in a vaccine <laughs> because it's just probably not enough money in it. And yeah. actually the, the cost of immunizing the whole population would be uh, immense. So then we're left with other treatments. And much of my research over the last 10 years has been looking at ways of invoking immunity in the skin. And for years, we've been freezing warts. And it's still talked about now how people have their warts frozen off with liquid nitrogen and nitrous oxide. And many people who are listening or watching will probably think that, uh, yeah, I can remember that experience as being quite painful. Uh, and it is. But one thing it never did, or certainly something that we showed in the research, was it never had much of an effect on the immune system, which is quite surprising because it was used quite widely. Um, but actually, the converse is true. If you want to treat a tumor, and a, a wart is basically a tumor on the skin, a benign tumor on the skin, heat is probably one of the best ways to do it. Um, we're not talking about heat to the, the boiling point to vaporize yeah. it or to burn it or to scold it or anything like that. Heat, which is maybe about five, six, seven, eight degrees over body temperature. So just above um, our normal body temperature range is if you heat tissues, then you get these incredible effects on the immune cells. Um, it's like a, a bit of a, a kick up the backside for the immune system. They get a little excited, don't they? Yes, yeah, and this is what we found, and it was we got quite excited when we found this <laughs> out. We we started the research back in 2015 using the microwave device because a microwave, what a microwave does, it heats water, and it's a very unique way of rapidly heating um, skin to bring it up to that temperature of about 45, 46 yeah. degrees. And what we discovered using skin models in the laboratory was that even with just a very low level of microwave energy, so just a very small amount of heating, 
we were able to excite all the cells immune system that have been lying dormant for months, sometimes years. So suddenly they all get very, very excited and they start working like they should. And um, so that was very positive what we saw in the lab. And then we took it into the clinic to actually give it a trial. And the first trial that was carried out in the UK, we started in our clinic and two other sites in the UK. And we managed to clear 70, just under 76% of all our warts in our trial of, uh, I think it's 32 patients. Um, we got about a 76% success rate. Which in Veruca treatment land is almost unheard of. Yes. Yeah. And at that point, you see, what's, that was, well, that was uh, about seven, eight years ago. At that point, we had a new machine. We didn't really know exactly what settings to use. And of course, time has gone on now and we've managed to improve on that with new protocols and just knowing about the timing, the yeah. right settings. And um, the latest research, which is coming out, a bit of exclusive for you here, Nick. Here we go. We um, love that. We've got data, which is just being published in the United States, which has um, been accepted for publication. We've got data from New Zealand, uh, which has been accepted for publication where they've been using slightly modified protocols, the ones we've used, and they've got an even higher uh, response rate in their uh, studies of their patient cohorts. So it's quite exciting times, really, um, in terms of how this has had an effect and very, very positive results. So when we started, um, nobody had been treating with microwave. Yep. To date, I think the numbers of people who've been successfully treated with microwave over over a quarter of a million treatments have been carried out in the UK and now globally because it's spread a bit like the warp virus. <laughs> the swift uh, microwave has spread all over the world and um, currently Canada, USA, um, most countries in the world either have it or are going to be getting it. And the beauty of the treatment, it doesn't matter if you've had a Veruca that's been sat there for 30 years. It still, it still has that ability to be treated. The immune system can still be excited and, and that, that can still disappear. With, yeah, with treatment. quite often it's, it's like most things, you know, we, I suppose it's anything as we get older, it's a bit like exercise. We just can't be bothered or can't get around to it. And the immune system is much the same. So it needs a bit of uh, uh, a persuasion. <laughs> and persuasion and then it will start to work. So what you find is that, yes, I mean, the oldest wart, if you put it that way, that I've cleared is 32-year-old wart yeah. on a lady who was 80. Um, and she thought she'd never get rid of it. But it did take a few more than the usual treatments, but she was delighted because she got rid of something she'd have for 32 years. She said it was more difficult to get rid of than her ex-husband. <laughs> that must have been saying something. Yeah, we won't go into that. Obviously, get yourself into hot water. Um, and the, the amazing thing is, is that you see the look on patients' face where they, they come in and they may have a cluster or multiple, and then you see and you sort of treat that that mothership as well, that that big wart, and you then sort of see the look on face, and then when all the others then start clearing up as yeah. well, and that really shows you've got that immune response because wherever that that strain of that virus is as soon as you've got their immune response the body will just not just act on one lesion it will then basically attack every other lesion that is there yeah um, and patients literally we have patients who can have tens or hundreds of them um but what we don't need to do we don't need to treat everyone no. we just treat um concentrate the treatment on generally i i don't treat more than about five to be honest five areas um 
And then once you get the systemic response, of course, those immune cells will travel to all other parts of the body. And that's the other thing. Patients will often say, oh, the warts on my feet are gone, but I had these bumps on my knees or my hands. And they went too, but I didn't actually realize that they were warts, but they must have been. Yeah. So they all go together, which is a fantastic result um, just by treating a few of them. And it goes back to that terminology confusion, isn't it? If, it, if it's on your hand, it's a wart. If it's on the foot, it's a veruca, isn't it? It's sort of people can think they're different things, but actually... It's all the same. It's all all the same. And um, one of the other things that we've noticed, I mean, uh, the Swift Microwave can clear warts in patients of any age, but the data we've got coming out now does show that the younger the patient, the much much, uh, more effective it can be. So treating early might be the key. I believe it is even in the Alder Hospital in Liverpool, in their dermatology session, that they've got some case series in paediatrics on... I, th- I can't remember the youngest. I want to say six or seven was mm. the youngest where they've actually got some really painful st- verrucas that were just causing a big impact to the child's life that they've managed to resolve with obviously modified treatment doses. And again, when you talk about that, if you look at some of their data in the doses that they use in pediatrics compared to, to adults, and in mm. general, it seems to be a lower dose that's so more tolerated. But if their immune system's more susceptible to it, you may say, well, they don't need as much of excitement, as it were, mm. to trigger that, that yeah, response. Yeah, and it's probably because they're young, their immune system's young, and like you say, they're just more energetic anyway, so it doesn't take like much. Like that excitable but, puppy, isn't it? When you... Yeah, and then many of the patients that we see with children, they they maybe have just one or two treatments, um, and the warts have gone. But uh, the older you get, the longer it takes, but it still works, which is the main thing. And the beauty of the treatment itself is that there's no anaesthetic needed. You can walk in, walk out, get back to your normal life straight away. It's extremely targeted to a particular area and it's it's less than sort of 15 minutes to do really, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't break the skin, so you don't even need a dressing. The other thing is, unlike the older treatments you used to have, you don't need to do anything to the to the area between appointments, like rub it with a pumice stone. You don't need any of that. Um, you just leave it and you can carry on with your life. And as I say, it's just much cleaner, more convenient and quicker. Well, hence why they called it Swift. Yeah. Mm. And is it still the the typical treatment plan is you give you your first treatment and then your second four weeks or a month later and then your third and then you review three months, three months after that. And then you look and say, okay, where are we at? Do we need a couple of extra top-up treatments, as it were? Yeah, and for most patients, you can see a response within one or two. You can see it's going in the right direction. Um, you'll see warts don't get smaller. They tend to get thinner, and patients say, oh, it they're not aware of it so much. Yeah. Whereas before, they'd notice if they went for a run, they'd, they'd feel it. But after they've had a swift, even after one or two, they would just say, I don't feel it anymore. It's still there, but something's changed and you know it's on the right track and it's very likely by the third or fourth treatment that it's going to tip into immunity and it will be gone. And when it goes into that immune stage, it's very quick. You know, literally within a week or two, the whole thing's disappeared and people are always amazed how fast they do go when the immune system finally gets its act into gear. Well, that's it. As soon as it gets its act to gear, it finds out what it needs to do. The body will act quickly. It's just it hasn't disappeared before because the body didn't know it, it didn't register it was there or the immune system just didn't clock or whatnot. It just, but as soon as you give the body the information, it will 
act on it quickly. He's like, well, we don't like this. We want it gone. Let's just get rid of this. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Job done. And um, move on. And, and part of that immune process, as I said, is that as well as the, the cells which destroy the wart, there are, are what we call memory cells. So these memory cells store that data so that if you're exposed to that virus again, whether that be when you're going barefoot, or yeah. when, um, your body will immediately recognize it and then be on top of the infection before it gets a chance to start the whole warp process up again. So that that's the basis of immunity. So it basically gives you that sort of first-line defense, is it? Yeah. yeah. As well. And is there any evidence when looking at the the number or the size of the Veruca as to how many treatments it's take, or is there no correlation? Um, as I said, we now know that age makes a difference. The younger, yeah. the incre- you know, decreasing age um, predicts faster resolution. Um, from anecdotal experience, not research experience, we know older patients will be slower to respond. That doesn't mean so they don't respond. Also, patients who are on polypharmacy. So if you're taking a whole list of drugs, again, that can slow the process. From the post-marketing survey data, which uh, is available um, on over 10,000 treatments, um, patients who had known immunosuppressive disorders um, did show a decreased response, but they still had a response, which is much better than what they had with other treatments. So, yes, they were expected a lower percentage of cure rate. Yeah, but they were still getting a significantly better cure rate than with other treatments. Well, because always, typically, the immunosuppressed patient is always told you've got to live with these, you can't do anything about it. We're actually saying with SWIFT, well, actually, there may be a chance that you may not get rid of it completely, but you may reduce the size where it doesn't impact your yeah. And your life. The the other thing about SWIFT, and this is another, if you like, unexpected side effect, is is pain relief abilities. Um, when we did the first SWIFT study, what patients were reporting even after one treatment is their their warts were no longer painful or they significantly reduced the amount of wart pain regardless of whether the wart went or not. And then we translated that data over and um, this is again more data that's just been accepted for publication where uh, myself and a colleague in the United States have co-authored a paper looking at its treatment in painful um, corns. Yeah. So corns that weren't necessarily able to be cured, but what they used or what we used was SWIFT as a form of pain control, where it's had a significant benefit on reducing the pain of these lesions, whereas the patients were coming every, you know, three or four weeks for treatment. They're able to go months without, you know, feeling any significant pain. So that may be another avenue or will be another avenue for the SWIFT microwave is to see it as a form of pain relief. Um, in, uh, in, for example, painful corns. And um, that works ongoing, but it's certainly very promising. And that, Yeah, especially because if everyone's had a corn, you know how painful they are and uncomfortable to stand on. And especially if you get verrucas, especially underneath those, those weight-bearing aspects of the foot, it's sort of like you're just adding on like a, a small pebble and there's sort of all that pressure is going through one small surface area. So they're just uncomfortable and yeah and it's it's interesting because other microwave studies unrelated to skin have shown that um exposing um nerve endings of course which there are in the epidermis um does have a sort of mild tempering effect so that they're not so frequently firing in in other words that means that things get less painful yeah so it's another another benefit of having swift is you can use it in pain relief of course the the scientific team at Emblation, those 
people who make the Swift obviously are well aware of this and they're looking at all avenues of research in other ways of using microwave for pain control. Um, and there certainly will be other areas there. And is there any times where Swift isn't appropriate to be used? Um, there are no absolute contraindications for Swift. Um, the the main thing is it, it's common sense for practitioners. Yes. Um, so if someone has poor circulation, then you probably wouldn't want to use it. Somebody has decreased sensation, then that's probably best avoided. As with pregnancy, generally, although it's not a contraindication, it's probably best avoided yeah. till um, after the baby's born, purely because um, you also get a better chance because the immune status changes as well. Um, probably the, the absolute contraindication if you're treating, say, for example, an area where you've got a bit of metal work in the foot. For yeah. anyone who's ever put a fork in a microwave and turned it on, you'll, you'll know what happens. It tends to spark and uh, cause a few problems. Um, you don't want to be putting on a, on a metal no. pin in someone's foot um, and turning it up because, uh, yeah, the patient would definitely feel that. But other than that, uh, I think it's down to the individuals to each podiatrist can assess their patients and um, use it accordingly. But in terms of treatment, uh, most people should be amenable to it. And overall, is there any? what's the latest sort of published data on success rates? Um, well, the... the Papers which are coming out, they are accepted for publication. We're we're looking sort of uh, in the eighties, okay. Which is which is great because you know we, the machine's been out there for six seven years now, and people are learning and modifying and so on. When we started, we 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 just had to take a best guess based on the lab yeah. work. Um, and you do find that practitioners who use it the most often tend to get the best results, but that's the same with everything. It's like surgery. It's it like, is, yeah. You know, if you treat one thing all the time, you become better at it, and, yeah. and certainly with SWIFT, that seems to be the case. At some clinics, even saying about 90%, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's not published research, but that's what uh, the practitioners are telling us. But even 80% is... Over eighty percent in published research for a Veruca treatment again is yeah. outstanding. Yeah. yeah, and in terms of complications, which are very very low, of course every every modality has side effects and complications, and patients will be advised of that. But the the complication rates are very very low. It does mean coupled with the high resolution rate, it makes a perfect. Well, we've been using it in clinic, and we haven't had any complications, and everyone's tolerated treatment well and so far getting good results and perfectly happy with with the outcome and when we discuss all treatment options everyone's just like no swift because it's just it's simple it's quick there's no dressing has no impacts on sporting work life or anything you just get it done and it's just it's just effective and simple yeah and that's what people want they want straightforward you know answers to difficult problems and uh, you know it certainly offers that and um there is a bit of discomfort involved. I always say it's like uh, you, you, your body will feel the temperature change because microwave can heat tissues within a second. It yeah. can spike the temperatures up, which can be a little bit of a shock. But yeah. it's rather like sticking your finger in a in a bath where you haven't run the cold water. Uh, when you haven't run any cold water, and it's like ooh, but it lasts two or three seconds, and it's gone. Well, that's um, it. And, and typical treatment is that two seconds long, five times. So it's like it's there. And then it settles and then you go back again. And so if it is uncomfortable with that heat, it's not for that long. No, no. And by the time patients got the shoes on and they're heading out the door, there's... It's settled again. Yep. 
Yeah, I know sometimes you get patients who um, can tolerate a bit more and, and that's good because it means you can get a bit more energy in and speed the process yeah. up. But the standard two-second protocol works for most quite uh, effectively. And have they published the protocol for the New Zealand paper you said it, wasn't it? Um, it's been accepted for publication, yeah. so it should be out within, well, depending on the publishers. But it's <laughs> all of these papers, I say, are open access, so they're, they're freely available in um, journals that anybody can look up without having to pay. Um, and, of course, as soon as they're out, they will be uh, available. I will plug my website and say all the data will be on www.foot.expert yep. as soon as it's made available and f- can be freely shared from there. Yeah. Um, that's a great thing about open access publishing. No, I, I look forward to seeing that because there is lots of, you say, anecdotal stuff. But as a as a professional, anecdotal stuff is great. But if you can start getting rigorous published research that i think just adds another layer of kudos to the whole process yeah and you know looking forward to the future with with swift um there was uh, great interest in in treating other skin lesions and, and at this at this stage i won't say too much but there are studies underway there are pilot studies which have been published um, there are many other skin lesions on the feet, legs, and other areas which may be perfectly amenable to this type of treatment. So it, if we're sat here in five years, you know, 10 years' time, if we both haven't retired, yeah. um, it may well be we're talking about using Swift Microwave for a whole range of other things. Um, there was a piece in The Guardian last week, just to show you how far-reaching, based on the research we carried out in Southampton, um, they've modelled the same response treating cervical cancer using the SWIFT, using exactly the okay. same device, slightly different mode of delivery, and they've shown that there too it will have a predicted similar effect, which is great because then you're moving into the field of um, treating things which are considered difficult to treat beforehand, so yeah. other types of tumour, for example. Um, but it's good to know it all started with a humble wart and effectively treating wart, which has led to all these further discoveries using this modality down the line. Well, that's, that's amazing if you can get to the point where you see you start treating that, what is just a common wart on the foot, and then could actually then go and help possibly treat more complex, more life-threatening mm. tumours, as it were, then that that's... That's a massive game changer, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, and it's not just tumours. I mean, uh, if you look at the sort of areas where microwaves, the microwave, swift microwave unit has been used, we're talking about cardiology for cardiac ablations. Yeah. Um, and and other things, the uh, untold, it's it's only seven years old, so it's not not that old. So, I mean, it's quite exciting times as, as more um physicians are using this as well as uh, podiatrists you're finding that they're starting to use other things too but then also the good point is that the company's willing to help try and get the research done out there so we can actually test it so it's not anecdotal it has gone through a scientific process being ratified and it's gone through the proper channels as it were yeah i mean that that's the thing i would say about emblation as a company um they were very keen although they had the technology many years before um, it was a th- finally available. They took the time to invest in the research to say, we're going to put something to market, but we want to show you that it works first, rather than quite often you see, and you must see this, Nick, you see a new device on the market. Yeah. The rap will come around and say, have a look at this box. This will do this, this, this is for you. Any evidence? No, no, but so-and-so down the road, they use it and they say it's really good. And you think, 
that's not you know encouraging me to part with a large amount of money to do it but when you have solid published research behind it and say well well here's five papers um, how do you feel it now that 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 tips a balance so you can be reassured as a patient that it has gone through rigorous yeah. and you know I'm only research. smiling because I, I've had many of companies <laughs> approach me about that when the first question I asked them when they got this almost miracle products that they try and promote so well actually where's your research well actually we we published or they may say oh we published one study in-house it didn't go for any peer review process or anything like that. I think well actually yeah that's not really worth the paper mm. <laughs> unfortunately and the, the other rule you can use of course is when when they come in with this box x and they said box x can treat a b c d e f g h i and even use k l and m and n and you think what doesn't it do it's the miracle box yeah. but you know the fact that it treats everything means it probably probably doesn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule for coming on and chatting to us is there anything else you want to add no, I would just say that um, if if anybody who's watching this anywhere in the world um, wants to seek treatment and they're specifically looking at microwave, um, you can uh, go to treatveruka.com or treatwithswift.com and there is a button for patient, uh, patient or locator as it's called. So you can put where you are in the world and it will uh, locate you to your nearest uh, Swift clinic if you're seeking treatment but otherwise a lot of this information is available through my website www.foot.expert um, which is all free to access um, and many other topics on and, dermatology. And it, is, it is a good resource to go and have a look up to keep up to date with with information yeah yeah and that's i do believe in you know free information you shouldn't have to pay for anything good information should be free information and that's that's my ethos and uh, that's what i do yeah i know no i agree i agree so thank you once again thank you um many thanks for tuning into this episode please do subscribe to the podcast and if you have any questions or comments please post them below or just get in contact and we shall see you on next episode. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye.